Welcome to the very first episode of the CTE podcast. Uh, very happy to be here. I am uh, Hayden, teamed up with my good friends uh, Bryson and Cubes. Uh, allow me to uh, hand over the mic to you guys. You guys can introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Bryce, and uh, this is uh, we all played football together. This is and this is Alex. Hello. <laughs> Alex um, has, give or take, 11 to 13 brain cells left. We're still conducting research on that. Um, so if he's ever slow to respond, it's because he's trying to compute um, what, we're, what we're talking about. Uh, English is his seventh language. Takes me um, a while to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of using like the old like 1989 DOS system that our parents used on when they first got their first computer. And that's what that's what Alex uses uh, for his uh, brain capacity. So um, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, fuck Uh, this podcast. Pretty much pretty much dial up at this point. (laughs) Is Yeah, it's dial up Internet. You have to get off the phone when he thinks because (laughs) it uses it uses that connection. Uh, This podcast is uh, going to be uh, about a a wide variety of football, but uh, mainly, uh, at least until the season's over, about the uh, new football league, the AAF, the the Alliance, which I I don't know about you guys, but um, I I like the way that they've done the branding on that. Like, just very simply calling it the Alliance, it's really great. And uh, and the fact that they've been able to pick up on followers. So, And I think it all stemmed with that hit, by the way. That massive hit on the QB where his helmet flew off like 10 yards, that, I think that's really what, what got the league the attention that it, it has right now. Yeah, it put, him on, it put him on notice. Like everyone, It blew up all over Twitter, all over social media, just as like this is a legitimate league. It isn't like there's a bunch of bums playing football. This is legitimate football, huge hits, everything. And I think the fact that that a hit was not penalized is massive. I mean, that like that that hit in the NFL would have resulted in a twenty-five thousand dollar roughing the quarterback or unnecessary roughness, whatever you want to call it, fine for the and defensive a player. And, and, yeah, and a suspension, yeah, and they probably would have tested him for PEDs. Like, and that that's one of the downfalls of the NFL, and and one of the uh, one of the things that the AAF is already doing right is they're letting football players play football, and they're not micromanaging. You know, a big hit that, like, yeah, his helmet came off. I mean, that that you can't control that. That's just a big ass hit, and they didn't penalize it. And I think that's really great. Yeah, he, so. put his, he put his helmet right in in his chest, and his helmet just slid up a little bit to pop the helmet off. But it was like it was it was, it was a clean hit. It wasn't like him going right for his head or anything. It was yeah. It was, it was a really- yeah. No, I agree. Um, I I don't know. But anyways, my overall thoughts on this past weekend were, um, first of all, there were more blowouts than I were expecting. I, I, I don't know, like cubes, like I don't know what, what you were what you were thinking about going into the week, but I, I, I thought that with all the with all the build up and, and all the training that they've been doing that the games would have been a lot closer. I mean, I know some teams obviously like any other league, you know, some teams are gonna be more one sided than others. Um, well I mean fuck that's any sport, but 
you know, I, I really expected some teams to, to show up. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect the iron as, as good as their roster is to, to get a full blowout, like, and, and especially in the first week. Yeah, a lot of the teams are a lot stronger defensively. It seems like their offenses aren't clicking as well right now, especially with the uh, Fleet and Commanders game, the 15-6 to score. I, I watched that game, and it there was no, like, star offensive plays, like, nothing nothing big. Their defenses were really what stood out in that game. Yeah, well, the thing is, is I, I think that that's going to be, at the end of the year, though, the uh the best offense in the league um in in terms of uh San Antonio I think they're going to be absolutely outstanding um and I what what the hell is that guy's name Mikhail McKay yeah uh like that's he's nuts I think he had six catches 80 yards seven catches but in the in in the first in the first week, out of the top ten receivers, San Antonio had three out of the top ten. So, so McKay went for five catches, eighty yards. Five which, catches, eighty yards. Yeah, which is still good numbers. They had they had some good numbers at, like, from receivers. That game was the only game that was really a true close game. The other ones were all pretty much blowouts. With uh, the Legends only scoring six against the Apollo, scoring forty. Oh uh, yeah. Burn, burn, Birmingham blowing out the Express 26-0. The Arizona-Salt uh, Lake City game wasn't that close. It was 38-22. to Like, the Commander's Fleet game was the only game that was genuinely close. And it wasn't, like, it was just not good execution on the offensive side. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, the entire Eastern Conference is uh, is just... Uh, it's just uh, atrocious. Like they're so good, um, and I'm really hoping that it's not going to be like when you look at the CFL, like the two conferences are like night and day. And I, I'm really hoping that it's not going to continue like that, and that it actually becomes more competitive on both sides, uh, on both conferences. Because if we if it continues like I mean like Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, Atlanta, and one. Um, now obviously Atlanta's oh and one, but like you know. Birmingham, Memphis, and Orlando. I mean, Christ, that's a stacked conference, and uh, you know, which is exciting, I guess, because it means the conference matchups are going to be, you know, horribly uh, competitive. But uh, I'm I'm nervous about the Western Conference. Yeah, well, so it, the schedule is uh, every team plays uh, a team in their conference twice, and then they'll play two out of conference games. Really? So really. Yeah, so that's how the schedule is all set up. So I feel like Arizona is going to have an easy, easier season because they have Salt Lake, San Antonio, and San Diego in their conference. So they like it's not going to be very hard for them to get into the, like get a first seed by or first seed in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. That that yeah that that is a good schedule. Um, we, I mean, and the season's short, eh? The se- the championship game's on the 27th of April. Yeah, it's the night of the the uh, the third the, the third day of the the NFL draft. Is that at night they'll have their uh, championship game in Las Vegas? Uh, yeah, it's only a 10 week season, and then for playoffs, mm-hmm. it goes the uh, two top teams in the conference will play the uh, second best teams in the conference, like a semifinal. Final game, and then they go to 
whoever wins that goes to Las Vegas for the championship game. I think as a football fan, that 10-week season is perfect. Like It just gives you something to watch while you're waiting in between the Super Bowl and the draft. Cause that it's a, it's a long 10 weeks when you're sitting there waiting for some football-related news to come back. So I think this league's going to be perfect. Um, it'll really get lots of attention with those people that are just in that waiting period between the draft and the Super Bowl. And there's no bye week. So every team will play week after week after week. There's no bye weeks for, you know, just two games to be played. Like, it's continuous football. Yeah, and that and I think that's great. Um, and Cube's like, man, that's a good point. It, it's such a dreadful, like, I mean, the post-Super Bowl slump, I mean, you know, uh, unless you're unless you're big into big into hockey and basketball, I mean, uh, you know, football fans really left in the dust for a little while. Um, so no, I think I think it's great, but uh, I'm the only thing I, I was wondering earlier is I think I sent it to to you guys privately is the CFL today posted uh, a contract, which is the first time I've ever seen them publicly post the uh, contract details, including how much they're going to be making. Uh, I can't help but think, and I know that you can like dig around for that stuff online, but I can't help but think that because the AAF has formed and they're gaining so much traction, surely they're going to end up losing players uh, in the long run. The fact that they posted that somebody was going to make 2.9 mil over the course of the next four years, uh, that, that, was, that was done intentionally, no? Yeah, it's like, they're trying to get the players that are going to like are thinking about going to the AAF to stick to going to the CFL because they will make more money. So in the AAF, you sign a three-year contract. I believe it's first year, it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the three years as long as you stick it out. So the first year, I believe, is seventy k. Uh, the next year is eighty k, and I think the year after that is the hundred k if you finish out. That it sounds, yeah, that's, that's what. It, now, I saw I saw a good tweet from uh, BC Lion player Odell Willis. Uh, he tweeted that the American CFL rookie will go home with about fifteen thousand US dollars for six months of work, while a player in the AAF, uh, a rookie in the AAF, will go home with about thirty-five thousand to forty thousand dollars in his pocket in only ten games, as opposed to six months in the CFL. And even at the end of that tweet, he stated. If I'm 25 and younger, I'm trying to play in the AAF. And I think that's going to take a lot of potential players that would be coming to the CFL and keep them down in the South playing in the AAF. And it's easier for a player to go to the AAF instead of the CFL because you're not having to change over rules. You're with the same American football rules instead of going to the CFL, learning everything about their unique rules. Like, there's no like rouges in the AF. Like the like the CFL just has a weird like three downs, rouges, the motioning from the receivers. It's all like a learning curve for these receivers playing for coming from America. Yeah, um and the thing is too is Cubes going back to that point like um they've also apparently market they've been saying since the beginning of this league uh, when they first made the announcement that it was coming to fruition, that they were not trying to take business away from the NFL. Rather, they were trying to take these players who, uh, you know, were in the NFL at one point or are still trying to get to the NFL and and turn them into better football players and then kind of reintegrate them back in, into the into the 
uh, NFL uh, scouting eyes. And and if that's the case, then you're right. If I am if I am a football player at 25 years old, I am trying to go to the AAF because time after time again, we have seen CFL players, massive CFL players, go to the NFL. Maybe, maybe make it through training camp and get cut sometime in the offseason or the preseason. And and I think that that's going to be a lot different in in the AAF, um, not only because of the way that they're going to try to reimplement players, but the former NFL executives and former NFL players, some of them future Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, I, I think that that plays a big role into uh, into advocating for these players and getting them back in the big league. NFL or or whatever, like the fact that, um, the fact that we have seen time after time again, CFL players, massive CFL players, go to the NFL and you know maybe make it through the training camp and get cut sometime in the off season or or sometime in the preseason and then mostly on mostly their way out back into the CFL. I think. Uh, you know, speaks volumes for what the CFL is able to do for their players in terms of development. And the fact that this, and the fact that the AAF has, um, you know, future Hall of Famers in their in their organization, both in the on the executive side and on the coaching side, um, you know, I think is going to help substantially. So, you know, going back to that tweet, if I am 25 and I'm a football player trying to get back into the big leagues or into the eyes of the scouts, uh, you know, I think the AAF is where it's at. And I hate to say that because the CFL, you know, obviously is all near and dear to our hardest Canadians, but I mean, fuck, it's, it's really hard to compete with a model like that, you know? Well, also these, all the coaches, general managers, team owners, everyone that's with the team are either former NFL players, former NFL GMs have, have ties to the NFL. So if you're, you know, playing good in the AAF, uh, an NFL team might come by and say, "Hey, who's good on your team? You know, let, let me know who's good, who, who I can maybe bring in for a camp, and they'll talk about you instead of CFL. They don't really like the NFL. Doesn't coaches don't go to like CFL teams and say, "Hey, who's good for for us?" Because they're like CFL and NFL are pretty much competing. Yeah, which is all okay. It's and that's the thing is I don't I don't know if. Um, if they're in competition, I, I would never compare the two in, in terms of competition. And and maybe that's just me. Maybe people look at it differently. Obviously you do, but like to me, it, it, the NFL is night and day, but I kind of see, and I don't really a weekend, but like I said, just, just the people that they have on the back end and the way that this league is running already a week into a week into starting the season I, I would put the I would put the AAF more in contention for in terms of competing with the NFL than the CFL has been for the past sixty years. Cubes, what do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough, like, because you can't compare the CFL to the NFL. Obviously, they're different. They're different sports. Essentially, you got a whole different set of rules. So I think players that are going to the CFL in hopes of going making an NFL roster, I think they're they're more challenged that way as opposed to going to the AAF, obviously having to learn the new rules and like play on a different field, different size ball. Like there's so many variables in the CFL game that 
really would hinder a de player development as opposed to playing in the a AAF. Yeah, no, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, but um, anyways, yeah, I, all I'm saying is, is it, you know, all in all, the, the league is um, a tremendous football so far. I'm really happy about that, too, because I know a lot of people were not counting on it to fail, but I guess expecting it to fail. And, I mean, obviously we're just looking at it from a first-week standpoint. I mean, what the fuck can we even judge it off? But um, so far, it's it's really good. Uh, you know, anyways, so uh, what, I what I also wanted to move on to was um, each week um, we wanted to do a uh, CTE podcast MVP of the week and uh and Bryson I know you had a lot of thoughts on this cubes you did too so ch chime in on, on who you guys think deserves to be MVP of the week for me it was either uh John uh, Wolford uh, from Arizona who had great numbers he is they, they uh, the AAF website did post today saying he was the offensive player of the week for them he had four touchdowns almost 300 yards which outstanding and the other one I thought out of was uh, Garrett Gilbert. Uh, he had two touchdowns, but also and he also threw a two-point conversion and also caught a touch. So it's just real. I feel like it's gonna be a like at the end of the day, it's gonna be a quarterback league where they're gonna put up big numbers. Yeah, for sure, it's definitely a quarterback league. Um, but my player of the week would be um, Rashad Ross from the Arizona Hotshots. For sure. Uh, he had seven receptions, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. That, like, for a receiver, that is a great performance, great game. Um, and after the game, he came out and said that his father it, was unable to attend the game because he's been in the hospital battling cancer. And I think playing with that heavy heart, he just went out there and had a, had a great game. And, yeah, that, he's my player of the week. Yeah, no, big ups to him. That that's great to to perform like that. Kind of reminds me of I, I don't know if you guys remember it was so long ago, but when Brett Favre's dad died and uh, and people were like just appalled that he ended up playing the next day, ended up playing you know the game of his life, and um, and yeah, th those those tearjerker moments always get me. Um, for me, uh, my uh, my player of the week is Quentin Patton. I mean, I love this guy, um, and not just because he was on the Jets for about uh, three months. Uh, I'm a diehard New York Jets fan. Uh, but, um, you know, I've loved him ever since he, he played, you know, his little stint in the NFL. Uh, and and seeing, him, seeing him come back, you know, he hasn't played football for, like, nearly three years. And, and the fact that um, he had uh, the first 100-yard receiving game in the history of the league, I think, um, puts him on the map. Uh, big time and for me he's my um he's my mvp of the week but um rising star of the week too is uh is something that uh i actually have two um and uh, my first one is uh jaquan gardner uh now I, mind you jaquan gardner only had 55 rushing yards um but i'm telling you that gardner is explosive he's a downhill runner I'm telling you that over the course of the next nine weeks, he is going to become, if not the number one, but a top three 
running back in this league. He is disgusting, and he's built like a fucking brick shit house. And it was really great to watch him run. He had a great breakaway run. I think it was 25, 26 yards, something like that. And he, he just looked great. And that's the kind of football that I love. That's what the AAF is already making a statement on, good smash-mouth football. And uh, Jaquan Gardner is my uh, one of my uh, rising stars of the week. Bryson, who you got? Uh, for me, it was uh, Greg Ward Jr., receiver over in San Antonio. Yeah, he, finished, he only he only finished the game with seven catches for sixty five yards, but some of the catches he was making and the routes he was he was running. Now this guy played quarterback all throughout college at Houston. Actually threw for I believe it was three thousand over three thousand yards in his senior year, and then rushed for another thousand in his junior year. He was on, he was on the Eagles practice squad and uh, throughout training camp past year, uh, but just he's still learning to play the receiver position. He hasn't like. He's only been playing it for a year, maybe two years now, and he's just only going to get better, which is good for the league, seeing a great receiver like him come out. Yeah, no, I like Ward Jr. Um, he, he looks really, really good. He's young too, man. He, you know, he's, he's 23 years old. The guy has got, uh, has got all the development uh, time frame that you need. Like, you know, it's hard when, when, you, take a, when you take a player in – who, you know, like there are some players in this league that are, you know, starting receivers or starting running backs that are, you know, in their late 20s or even 30 years old. And, you know, he's 23 years old. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ward Jr. is uh, going to do this season. And, uh, yeah, I know the fact that he played uh, the fact that he played QB during during college is, is absolutely disgusting. Uh, and he played at Houston, by the way, which is where the greatest quarterback uh, to ever step on the college gridiron case Keenum played. I uh, just wanted to go ahead and fucking throw that out there. Very mediocre. <laughs> oh, my God. You watch your mouth, man. Case Keenum is going to be an NFL Hall of Famer. Cubes, who do you got for, uh, who do you got for uh, Rising Star? Well, as funny as it may sound, I think my Rising Star would be Trent Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Another um, NFL legend. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah 290 pounds. But I feel like now that he's... He's 110% considered an NFL bust. And I think being in the AAF, there's not a whole lot of pressure on him to perform. Nobody's expecting him to make it back. So I think this gives him a good environment to come back and just play football and maybe get back to the way he was at Alabama back before he was drafted third overall. Now, he did score two touchdowns in this game, which... I mean, that's pretty good, but his stats weren't insane. Only 58 yards on 23 carries. But, I mean, hey, you know what? It's the first game of the year. He's on a new team. I, I'm i excited to see what he can do the rest of the year. You know what's interesting is he actually was on the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL in 2017. But just, I, he just... It's the fact that these players are going to, American players will go to the CFL and, you know, not do that bad, but still, I feel like they will pick the AAF over the CFL as, you know, Richardson did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like Trent Richardson. Um, and I think the fact that he is on um, what is the uh, arguably the best team in the league so far from what we've seen um, could only mean that we, we can expect a lot out of him. And uh, and he's another player that you know he's he's a young guy. I think he's 27. Um, 
and uh, you know he, he could really uh, he could really be the face of this league if he if he puts his mind to it. Uh, my other rising star of the week is Christian Hackenberg. Um, Jet he, legend. He is uh, he is a New York Jets legend. Uh, he is an overall good guy. His first name is Christian. Um, and, best uh, quarterback in Jets history. Yeah, five. top five get best quarterback in, in Jets history. Um, definitely deserved to be drafted in the second round. <laughs> and uh, no, but honestly, though, I, I, I do want to say something about Christian Hackenberg, though. He's not my rising star of the week. He's not even fucking close. But what he is, is he is a player that you can't rule out just yet. Okay, you, you I, I, I don't want you guys to rule him out. And I know a lot of people are. They were really, you know, ragging on him on Twitter. But Hackenberg is, and I know I've made this point a million times, but he's young. This guy is in a new league. He's starting a new chapter. He's with a new team. And he his, like his head coach is one is like, all I'm saying is don't rule him out. He okay? hasn't had a good year in, in six years. His only good year of playing football past high school, was in college, went in his freshman year. And even then, he didn't even hit the 3,000-yard – he's never hit a 3,000-yard mark in college. He only had 20 touchdowns in his freshman year, and then it went down from to 12 to 16. And then just couldn't even get on the field for the Jets. The I, Jets I know. The Jets, was, you had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Geno Smith over him. Uh, I, I know. Not, Which is what, I don't yeah. think he'll be good in this league. He, he hasn't been good. He's not going to be good in this league. I, I, I feel like they're going to bench him probably in the next month. If they bench him, I'm boycotting the AAF, and <laughs> I'm never coming on this podcast ever again. Listen, I that's why I I, I agree with you. His college career was uh, was mediocre. slightly above average. Yeah, mediocre to slightly above average, and and I'm I'm not arguing with you and on on that fact, and that's why I joked and said. You know, he was definitely worthy of being the second round draft pick for the Jets back back in uh, back in 2015 to 2016. And um, uh, but but what I'm saying is, you know, he's a young kid. He's got Singletary, you know, barking in his ear, you know, who is arguably one of the most badass linebacker turned coaches ever in the history of football. And uh, and I, I think that. Um, I think that to rule him out now would be a mistake. You know, he's going to be – I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. They have Zach Mettenberger right behind him, (laughs) sitting on the depth chart. He won't make it a month. Um, He's going to get – Zach Mettenberger is a far better quarterback than Hackenberg. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, I I, I, I disagree. I think think Mettenberger is – a quality backup, and I think that's all he'll ever be, no matter what league he goes to. Um, but anyways, so I, I'm glad we got the rising stars out of the week, uh, and uh, had had a good discussion about my uh, my my dear friend Christian Hackenberg, who I I wish all the best. Uh, we should wanted- see if he'll come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna. I was actually thinking about uh, sending him a note on uh, on Twitter, uh, just commending him on his first week performance. I know it's really hard to get uh, 78 yards in a pro football league, so. Um, 
Oh, but anyways, no, I want to I want to talk about um, the XFL though. Um, you know, we talked about the, the CFL a lot, which is uh, which is definitely a, a rival league in, in terms of uh, in terms of players and 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 prospects. But uh, I mean, with the XFL coming next year, um, obviously it's uh, might be a little too premature to tell. But I mean, surely they got to be they got to be shitting in their pants right now at the fact that. You know any of any decent available free agent um, was just taken by the AAF, and and I think the fact that they've grown in popularity so rapidly <laughs> has got to be making them shaking in their boots. Yeah, for sure. Like if the AAF continues at the rate they were at this week, you know, great viewership, good football. I, I don't think the XFL stands a chance of contending with the AAF. I mean, at this point, you got to look at it as, as look at it as a joke. Like there's, the a, the AAF uh, actually their first game had more viewership than the Rockets. Uh, I believe Rockets uh, OKC game in basketball, which is outstanding for a new league first game. Yeah, it is. And also, um, what like before the league started, now I, I followed the Alliance like when when they first made their announcement. I, I don't want to brag, and it is it, I do at the same time. But I was among the first uh, five thousand followers. Um, Congratulations! The, uh, thank you very we, that's much. That's a weird flex. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I I was I was a part of the first five thousand, and I think that that deserves some sort of bragging rights. And if you don't like it, then um, you can uh, eat my ass. So um, over the course of the weekend, they started off um, on Friday because I, I monitored this. They started off on Friday at 60,000 followers, and they are sitting today, um, Tuesday, February the 12th at 6.12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 218,000 followers and counting. That's literally incredible. It's great for the league. It's yeah. great for the, what the league is going to be. And the one thing and, with the uh, NCAA, uh, sorry, the uh, XFL, they do have Oliver Luck, who was, uh, you know, obviously Andrew Luck's dad. Uh, he is, I believe, the president of the league, the XFL league. He's the commissioner, yeah. Commissioner, yeah, sorry. Which is, uh, that that's something. I, I don't know who else is really going to join this league, though, like, I feel like with Vince McMahon being the owner, they might take it. They might not take it as serious as it should be. And especially seeing the last time that it happened, it was just a complete failure. So I think players are going to be more cautious when making a choice in which league they're going to join. And the the thing is, is is just like you said, like the the last time that the XFL formed was a, an absolute disaster and it was a joke of a league it wasn't real football like you know all all of the players okay half of the players had to have been juicing like it it just it just wasn't um it it just wasn't the league that anyone expected it to be and that's why it blundered and it it went under so quickly um so either the cf or the xfl needs to really come out with an all-new uh an all new game plan this time around and, you know, really take it seriously and not go for the entertainment ratings. 
uh, and I think that's the only way that they're going to compete. But even now, even with that in mind, I think that uh, I think that they're really going to have a tough time breaking into the market now, with uh, with, with the AAF being the being the new you know non NFL league. And the XFL isn't really competing with the AAF because they don't they want to compete with the NFL, which is just an idiotic idea because mm-hmm. it's such a big the NFL is a big league, big corporation. You can't take down the NFL where it, they don't want to be like a minor league. They want to be on the same level as the NFL, and I don't think that's possible for them. No, I don't think it's possible at all, and um, and, and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't expect much success out of the XFL in, uh, in 2020. Um, but then again, I mean, you never know. Um, you know, people were saying about the AAF, what, what we're saying about the XFL right now. Like, you know, I, I just – you never know, really. Um, but, you know, they did a lot of rule changes um, similar to the AAF, and I think that that uh, is going to play a significant role in, in helping them uh, in helping them become more serious. Uh, the, the only thing that I, I'm looking at their rule book, and it's it's got some interesting rules. I like that the AAF got rid of kickoffs, which the XFL is keeping. Uh, they have uh, bigger... They're... they're play clock they're um outside of the two minutes at, at the end of uh each half they the clock will run continuously in the xfl it's gonna make the games very quite very quickly but i like the idea that uh both the aaf and the x rid of the extra point and just making everyone go for a two-point conversion i think the nfl will end up going to that one day in the next few years it just it's a boring play really yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, of course, um, we, we're not going to find out until they're, you know, actually up and running. Um, but, you know, just projecting, I, I'm not projecting much success. Um, now, I, I don't know if you guys, I, I really want to talk about something that has been um, in, my, in my mind for a, a really long time. Uh, and that is Heinz Ward. Um, <laughs> did you guys, did you, you know, the AAF posted a video of Heinz Ward um, going out and, and doing the ceremonial ball placement? <laughs> um, did you guys see that video? I saw um, it, yeah. Okay, well, essentially, it's Heinz Ward um, with his uh, adorable, okay, the, he, he, first of all, He's coming out. He has the ball. You know, the crowd's, like, going wild, and, you know, he, he's really loving life. And he, he comes out. He places the ball on the 50-yard line or whatever, shakes a bunch of hands. And I just want to say that if you haven't seen the video, uh, go onto the AAF Twitter and watch it because he is the most adorable. <laughs> he's the cutest guy I think I've ever seen in my life. I, I was saying that earlier to my friends that if, if – um, there was a remake of a modern day, like all inclusive um, African American Caillou. Heinz Ward would be like <laughs> the front runner for the main actor. Like, I'm not even kidding. He literally looks like a Make a Wish Foundation patient who won a contest to go and place a football down. And I hate to say it because this guy is a future NFL Hall of Famer, probably. 
if he isn't already, I don't think he is. He is um, and he is just, he's so cute, man. Like, well, I got to say, I, this took a really, really weird really, turn. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. No, Not but, what I was expecting. Yeah, but that's, that's been, it's been on my mind for a long time. And, uh, and I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to get that off my chest. Like, I mean, I, I respect him and, you know, he's the head of football development and Steelers all time leading receiver. And, you know, he's doing, doing big things, but it, it doesn't change the fact that he literally looks like he won a contest to be there. Oh, and he looks anyway, like a tilt to wheel. I, I think we should move on. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Another, uh, I think one of the players that I think should look into going to the NFL is Johnny Manziel. Johnny okay. Manziel. He, he he's not doing well in the CFL. He he got traded by his, the first team that took him, and in Montreal he isn't really the star player there. He's a a decent uh, CFL quarterback. I think going to the AAF would be a really good move for him. Um. I'm not. I, I know that uh, that you went through a uh, a big fangirl man crush on. Uh, oh, it's it's still aggressively there. He's one of my yeah. Favorites. He's one of the best quarterbacks in NCAA history. All right, man. Uh, if all right, listen, Johnny Manziel, the hype is over. Like you know, I I think that you know people are people are past that phase. They don't see what they saw in him when he was first coming in, you know, into football. Um, you know, his uh, his character, while it may have changed, um, you know, spoke volumes about about who he is. And, you know, in a league like this, your reputation and, and your public perception is everything like they, they, they're not, you know, while, you know, the quality of football matters. And the players that they get matters. It's really about the court of public opinion, which is, you know, I, I think really important. Uh, and I don't think that Johnny Manziel would uh, would be a good addition to this league unless it was uh, unless, you know, one team was really falling on hard times and and having a lot of quarterback issues. I, I can't see it. I, I wouldn't want my team to sign him. I I'd have to disagree with not wanting my team to sign him. I think he'd be a great, great addition to a, like a team that needs a quarterback. He, even in the CFL, he's still showing flashes of being able to play the game that he played when he was drafted before all that shit in Cleveland. But I think, I mean, go down to the AAF, give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? Like, I think at this point he's already as far down as as he's gonna go so um so let's let's rate johnny manziel's current uh ability to play football um we'll start it off uh on a five-point scale um and we'll start from lowest to highest and you tell me what you think so uh is johnny manziel um straight garbage um slightly garbage not bad decent uh pretty decent I say decent. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with decent. garbage. Like he's pure garbage. I don't care. Like he's still, I, I, he's still athletic. He's still athletic enough to run around. He can still sling the ball. I believe the t- I believe the way that the regions are set up though is he like because there is no free agency, right? You can't pick what team you go to. You get signed out of where you went to college. 
So I believe he would end up being on the San Antonio uh, Commanders due to them being Texas A&M, because I know they have Texas players there. So they they had Logan they have Logan Woodside who did have a good game. You know he threw for uh, 255 yards. Uh, it wasn't a, it was a defense oriented game in that game, but he could serve as a good backup. Um, I I don't know like yeah okay yeah backup sure backup no problem. But if you're looking, I mean you, right now like. Because it's the, because it's the beginning of a new league. If you're bringing in a quarterback, you're looking that guy. You're looking to that guy to carry you to um, the promised land. Like you know, it, every every team is looking for a franchise QB because they're at the beginning stages. And I and I think that sure, if you want to bring him in, you know, because you knew that he was a quality player or is is a quality player, you know, and you want him to be, you wanted to have a, a good reliable backup. Then yeah, I mean sure, Johnny Manziel is the way to go. But I know two things. One, it's really hard to get out of a CFL contract. They they cling you in there and they've got like protective rights and like all that other weird shit. I don't know. It, it's a really weird league when, when you look at it from an administrative standpoint. And plus, I feel like he'd probably be taking a, a significant pay decrease too. I mean, surely they got to be giving him you know uh, a quarter of a mil each year. And he's not going to make anywhere near that um, in in the AAF cubes. Like, what do you think? I think that Manziel going back to the AAF would be his best bet. Now, I look at it. He came to Montreal halfway through the season last year or whatever. He's still trying to adjust to a new game. He's still trying to get into the, the Canadian football whole scene. I think if he went back down... He's got his off-field problems figured out. So right now, his on-field product is the big issue. I think him still trying to learn the, the new CFL rules is really what held him back last year. Um, so going back to the AAF where you're playing American football, I think he could get back to his form that he was at Texas A&M. Well, being a cocaine addict probably uh, really affects his ability to learn a CFL playbook. So. Honestly, it's a different game. The NFL and AAF game is genuinely just a different game. But also, he went to Montreal, who was already a heap of garbage starting off. They weren't a very good team around him. So I think if you have a solid team around him, a good defense, some big receivers, because he was at his best when he had Mike Evans. And if you put some big receivers around him, I think he could be a good starting quarterback in the AAF. I have to agree. Um, I, I think the real question is, though, is uh, is when are we going to see uh, uh, Tim Tebow uh, AAF debut? He's done. Uh, he, he, he won't. He, he's already uh, turned down an offer. Uh, Steve <laughs> Spurrier asked him, and he declined because he wants to stay in the Major League Baseball scene. He's not even in the yeah. majors. Well, no, but he will be at some point. I hope. Will he, though? He's got to be like what, 31 now? Hold on, how old is Tim Tebow? First of all, have you guys seen his wife? Or, I mean, his uh, his um, fiance? He's attractive, so she must be attractive. She's a smoke show. He's 31. Uh, She's she's an absolute smoke show, and now he can finally lose his virginity. Now, Now, here's a quote from Steve Spurrier. He says. 
Tim's got a chance to go to Major League Baseball. I think Tim's probably headed in the baseball direction, and I don't blame him. If I were in his situation, I'd probably do the same thing. So uh, that seems to me like he's got pretty good chances to play in the MLB, and he doesn't want to give that up to come back and play in the AAF. The thing is, I thought Tim Tebow loved playing football, and I feel like he does. Like I feel like he might have lost that passion of playing football after everything that's happened with him going to the Jets <laughs> and just not working it. Out. Yeah, yeah, Jets Hall of Fame quarterback as well. He's up there with Christian <laughs> Ackerberg. Yeah. He was also homeschooled, uh, too, I think he's so just... he's got to have some mental problems. Oh, you are the worst. Uh, he's, he's probably lost his love for football, and he's just sticking it out with baseball because they've continued to give him chances. I think yeah. if he still had that passion to play quarterback, passion to play football, he'd be in the AAF. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at his profile right now. He's 31 years old. Yeah, first of all, he he's he he, I, he there's no way he's in the physical condition to play amongst these young cats in the AAF. Um, and you know, I mean, you can be you can be Jared Lorenzen and be a MLB Hall of Famer. So um, I, I think that's probably why he's chasing the uh, baseball dream because uh, he's trash. <laughs> it's, um, it's less it is less tear and work on his body, which is yeah. Exactly. Um, also, I don't know if you guys saw, this is un-AAF related, but I'm going to tie it into it. Uh, there was a photo that um, was posted of DK Metcalf. Oh, um, massive. What a unit. Uh, he is six foot seven, two 265 pounds. Okay, um, I'm and sure he's like six foot two, six foot three. No, he's six foot seven, 265 pounds. You're the worst. I'm being serious. He's not six foot seven. Okay, then he's like six foot five. I looked it up the other day. Six foot four. Just kidding. He's six foot four. Oh yeah. All right. This is why you don't. This is why you don't use Wikipedia for essays because uh, it said six seven two sixty five and it obviously stemmed from this photo. Six four two thirty. But he he does have uh so he does have to get at the combine. He'll do his medical. I believe he had a neck injury near the end of the year. Uh. At Ole Miss, so right, that, right? Yeah, it's but he was an outstanding player when when healthy. Well, uh, all I'm all I'm saying is is I, I'm looking at this photo again right now. Um, not only do I a wish I was him, uh, b wish my girlfriend would never see this photo, uh, and and c um, I'm also wondering what will it take for him to come to the AAF and just light it up. He well, will probably. I think he's got his sights set on the NFL. Yeah, he'll be fine in the NFL. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, something else uh, on AF related. Uh, have you guys seen the tweet from Antonio Brown today? Uh, tweeting out that goodbye, pretty much a goodbye to Steelers Nation. I think he, it's a really weird thing to do when you haven't been traded or haven't been released or like. <laughs> Nothing's really happened to you, but you're tweeting out goodbye already. Like, what do you guys think? Well, all I know is that I would hate to be a Steelers fan right now. Oh, I bet. Uh, I, I love it. What would you guys uh, offer if you're another team for Adri- uh, Antonio Brown, who does have a large contract? Uh, um, I mean, I mean, look, he's been in the league for eight years now, right? Wasn't he drafted in 2010? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, he's been in the league for for eight years. In that time frame, he is already set to surpass 
uh, Heinz Ward in probably about a year's time, uh, or sorry, would have surpassed Heinz Ward in a year's time if he stayed with the Steelers and become the the all-time leading receiver. And Heinz Ward played like 15 years. Like this guy is yeah, he, he's, not slowing he's 30 down. now. Yeah, he's 30 now, and he's and he's somehow right now at his peak, okay, and he's not slowing down. Um, so the thing is, is you have to you have to be able to uh, make make a record-setting offer. I mean, he he's got to get. I mean, what does the highest-paid receiver make? Twenty. I believe it. I believe he is the highest-paid receiver, making I think twenty-three a year. Then you then you, you gotta you gotta match it or give him twenty five, but anyone who goes over twenty five is just it, it it's like no that you can't go over twenty five because you had, then you then you have to factor in yes he is uh, at the peak of his career but he's also thirty and well, I mean he, once you I, hit thirty I, in a pro football in a in a pro sports league I mean your body just deteriorates from there and um, so I I don't know but not not like the Jets have the type of money to sign him anyways. The Jets have a lot of money, I believe. They have they have over a hundred million in cap room to, for this free agency, uh, but I don't think that they uh, will release him. I think they're looking more to trade him because I I they they're gonna have the same. It's pretty much the same amount of cap hit to trade him as it is to release him. So at that point, why not try and get uh, I don't know what kind of draft pick do you think? Well, I'm I'm reading this article draft. here on ESPN. And they're saying that the Steelers are asking for a first-round pick, but uh, it'll probably end up being a second-day pick, so a second or third round. Um, and one executive even said that it could fall to a fourth-round pick. Wow. But, um, I think his contract is way too big. His cap yeah. hit for 2019 is $22 million. So the, wow. there's already only a select amount of t- a handful amount of teams that could genuinely trade for him and have the money to pay him. Um, yeah, that that see that then that puts him in a tough spot too because, um, you know, then it, it rules out a, a handful of teams that you know sure they, like they really need like a big name receiver right now, but do they have the financial means to be able to 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 bring him on? Um, and um, I, I don't know, but I, I think first of all, going back to the draft pick. Um, there, no, he's, he's, he's not going to sink for, for a fourth round pick. Like, no, if you, if you, if they offered, if I was a Steelers exec and, and I put AB on the, on the trading block and someone offers me a fourth round pick, even if it was with, you know, a a good player in return or whatever, I'm, I'm laughing and declining, um, all in the same, all in the same breath. But I feel like if he doesn't get traded or like released, this offseason, he probably won't show up to OTAs or anything uh, come next season. So it's pretty. Well, like, I, I, the Steelers, gee, like, they're in a sticky situation with him and Bell, and they just have to get pretty much get rid of both of them, clear them out of the way, and just focus on next year. I think after seeing that tweet of him saying goodbye to uh, Pittsburgh, I, you, you, there's no chance that he's going to report next year if you no, don't you, trade you can't, him. You can't even keep him after saying that. No. You can't. You really can't. But um, yeah, no, I, I was surprised about that. I, um, I, I that, about that tweet. I was even more surprised about the fact that um, that Kareem Hunt uh, got signed to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, I 
I'm at a loss of words, really. I don't know how. I, I guess for the Browns, uh, it is the same GM that drafted them in Kansas City. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen the contract yet, but I'm assuming it, it's cheap. Uh, because they do have Nick Chubb. They do have Duke Johnson. Uh, he will be serving a suspension for uh, not just the one incident. Uh, yeah, he had two incidents. One with, I believe, uh, domestic abuse. And then another one, he assaulted another man. Uh, so I well, it, it's I, I heard it's about 12 weeks uh, suspension for him, which will, if the Browns are making a playoff push, with, you know, Baker coming in his second year, Nick Chubb coming in their second year, their defense getting better. Uh, I think that he will be really good in the playoff with just, he's going to be fresh legs in the playoffs, which a lot of teams aren't going to have any fresh legs at all. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the contract is. I can't imagine he's making more than two mil. Um, but uh, also, I, I, I just, I can't believe that he, he got signed. I, I thought for sure that uh, that he was done. Um, and that in seven years, we would have seen him in the, uh, AAF, but hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Greg Hardy got signed. So why not him? <laughs> <laughs> and now Greg Hardy is uh, beating the shit out of people in the, uh, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. But, um, yeah. anyways, Here. all right, well, we covered a lot boys. Um, th- this is great. Um, should I'm we looking... make our picks for next week's game? Oh, you know what? Good call. Good call. Okay, let's look at this schedule here. Who's got it up? I got it. Okay, so what are we looking at for the first game? All right, Saturday we got Salt Lake and Birmingham. Birmingham. I don't even give Bur- a shit. Yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. Birmingham. Sorry, I've been to England before, and so I'm very cultured. I said Birmingham. <laughs> uh, you would have to excuse me. Yeah, no, uh, Birmingham is a force to be reckoned with right now, and they're coming in with a lot of steam. Um, and, uh, and I think that, uh, that's going to carry a lot of weight for them, uh, going into this game. And I believe, uh, Salt Lake city's, uh, quarterback, uh, another remembering, uh, Josh Woodrum, I believe won't, I'm not sure if he would, I haven't heard anything about if he will or won't, but I know he got injured and missed, I believe the second half of their, uh, game against Arizona. So that could be playing fact. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, what's the next game, Cubes? We got... Arizona and Memphis. Arizona. Yeah. I got to go Arizona. I'm going Memphis on that. I'm going to back my boy Christian Hackenberg. Um, I've got a lot of faith that uh, he will make uh, the Jets Nation proud. Um, you know, uh, you got you to gotta do it for the boys, do it for the city. So, um, w- you know, we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and, and boldly say the, uh, the Express. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, uh, what's your over under for Hackenberg uh, with passing yards? Uh, I'll set it at ninety. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't think he gets over ninety yards. I'm, no, I'm gonna go I, with. I uh, take the under. Yeah, I, I'm going with a monster game. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a three hundred burger. Uh, oh, so <laughs> and, it'll uh, be the first ever three hundred burger in AF it, history. It, yeah, and not only that, but he'll also be uh, the first uh, the first player to uh, run for a touch, the first quarterback to run for a touchdown, pass for a touchdown, catch a touchdown, and uh, and kiss his coach on the sidelines. <laughs> he is the next Tom Brady, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, what's the next game, Cubes? We've got this is Sunday now. We got Orlando and San Antonio. Cubes, who do you have for that? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. San Antonio. I think I, same, yeah. same here. 
Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I think that, uh, and first of all, that, that's going to be a that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, I, I'm going to go with San Antonio on that too. Uh, I think that um, uh, I think that their offense uh, is is poising to be uh, you know the best in the league, and uh, so I want to see if that uh, that first week uh, heat continues into the second week. I think San Antonio is. Defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to uh, shut Gilbert down in that in that Orlando offense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, you know, the defense is um, well. First of all, also we never talked about this, and I just want to point this out real quick. A lot of offensive lines are trash. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. I watched. It literally the, looks like Helen San Diego's coach. San Diego was awful. <laughs> San Diego's offensive. Their right tackle should just get already just be cut. Uh, he was terrible. Well, Q, uh, didn't, didn't you Mike, get a call from the fleet uh, offensive line coach to go and play? I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I could uh, have a better performance than that. My my dog got a call to be the center for the fleet, so. <laughs> they're, they're, they're t- I, the fleet will have the worst team in the league this year. Uh, yeah. By the way, does anyone know if they if it means like they'll have the first pick in the QB draft next year or the first pick in whatever their draft is? Or does anyone know how that works? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, that's a point of order I'm going to make and we can discuss that next week. Uh, next game, Cubes? Uh, Atlanta and San Diego. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> it, it, Atlanta. Oh, wow. They're both, they're both bad. They're both just not good. Um. Uh, God, I, I guess Atlanta. Um, I'd like to see San, Die- San Diego pull something out of the woodworks. Can I pick um, Christian Hackenberg for this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's such a bad matchup, but um, I don't know. They, but you know what? I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what uh, what Matt Sims will do um, this season. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe because he's going to play such an atrocious team that this might be the uh, this might be the uh, first big uh, game. Yeah, I just hope one of them can score think, a touchdown this week. Oh god, I think San, San Diego's uh, head coach is Mike Martz, and I think he's still using the same playbook from when he brought the Rams when he brought the Rams to the Super Bowl in the '90s. That their <laughs> offense is is just it's nothing. Interesting about it. it's such a boring offense. They're running an old off like it's old. It's just an old, not up to date offense. Sorry, who's their head coach? Mike Martz. The uh, he was the head coach for the Rams when they uh, had the greatest show on turf. <laughs> and, and somehow yeah. their offense looks boring. Um, he hasn't coached since uh, 2011. By the way, uh, the 2010-2011 Chicago Bears. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um. All right, well, uh, it seems like we were kind of pretty much in agreement for all those games. It's going to be a good weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these matchups. Um, anyways, boys, this was fun. Fuck. Yeah. It was. Um, by the way, um, if you want to donate to the Heinz Ward Make-A-Wish Foundation um, <laughs> Center for Cancer Research, you can go to www. Just kidding. I'm fucking no. But uh, <laughs> anyways, boys, all right, we'll see you next week. See you later. But I love you.